Hello and welcome to the Next Take podcast where we give our take on everything film and TV even though nobody asked for it. I'm Sonny. And I am George. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going all right. It's it's been a, it's been a it's been a long time since we've we've spoken on the airwaves, I feel. Yeah. I I mean this is the second time doing this episode, so it, yeah. might, it might be a bit quicker than the last one. Yeah, we'll be fine. I'm sure I can stay awake. I haven't lost that much sleep. That's not again sarcastic. <laughs> I just feel so sarcastic today, and I don't know why. And like, it's gotten me in trouble a couple of times today already. Well, like, at work. Yeah, well, yeah, work. And like, I've put that emails, and I've had to reread them. I think that sounds really bitchy. And like, oops, like, I'm re- retyping it away. And I think, oh, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, especially myself. Right? It's usually me that sounds sarcastic. Yeah, but that's because you are sarcastic. Ah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. What are, we, so, what are we discussing today, Sonny? Well, as we mentioned in the last episode, we're doing films of 2004. So we're doing our treasure trove again. So we mm-hmm. pick a film each to add to it. And I have a little discussion about it and whatnot. Indeed. Do you want to go first with your film? Uh, shall we? We'll we'll hit them with the the titles of our films first. So I'll, I'm going with Shaun of the Dead. Ooh, I completely forgot this film came out in 2004. Yeah. Oh, so yours is like a proper film film that like you can talk about and dissect and notice things. Oh uh, ah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, there's two I think you might go for. It's either Spider Man or Shrek. Two. They're both the sequels. Oh, okay. Well. I'm... This is just a sign that we are such good friends, because yes, I have chosen Shrek 2, and I wish I was joking, but I'm not. And I will tell you why I think Shrek 2 <laughs> is one of the best films of all time. You know, in, pre- in preparation for this, it came on TV the other day, and I watched it, just so I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> well, have you not seen it before? Yeah, I, d- I have, but I, hadn't oh. se- I haven't seen it in years. And you know what? It didn't disappoint. Oh, see? We can already yeah. decide this is the clear winner, but... <laughs> you know, this is a democracy, so I guess we can we can do it that way. Um, yeah, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I forgot this. Fi- I didn't realize this film came out in two thousand four, but that does make sense because Hot Fuzz is like two thousand seven, isn't it? Oh, let me just have a look at. Think so. Yeah, two thousand seven. Yeah, obviously this was Edgar Wright's first like feature film. And, yeah, first one with and, uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost starring. Yeah, which... in the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the best of the Cornettos. Do you? Oh, that's, so, that's interesting. Every time I ask someone this, like, I always get different answers from people. But for me, I think Hot Fuzz is the best one, and it is like my personal top three film. And oh, it, right. Every now and then, jumps to number one. But I always <laughs> feel like with the, with, with with the trilogy, it's like Shaun of the Dead was low budget, good script. Hot Fuzz was good budget, great good script. And then World's End was great budget or low script. Like <laughs> low script. <laughs> well, I was gonna say bad script, but then I said like I don't want to say bad money in the first one. So like if you had a Venn diagram yeah. of like Oh, okay, yeah. I know. You know what I mean? Like you got low budget, but low budget and a good script. Hot Fuzz sits comfortably in the middle between the two. And then the other ones are like, not that Sean of the Dead is a bad film, but I say it's you know it's it's a better script, possibly probably the best. Oh, is it the best written one? 
I think it is, but I feel it's this is the style because in Hot Fuzz, it's, the style is almost the same, just like the rhythm of the way you like the dialogue yeah. goes. And yeah, but like the the quick cuts in the film, like it's all like the rhythm is still almost the same. I think it works better in Hot Fuzz the quick cut rhythms compared to Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, because it's it's more it lends itself to an action film, doesn't it? Really, that's it. You know, like. Again, I know we're not talking about Hot Fuzz here. We're supposed to be talking about Shaun of the Dead, but in Hot Fuzz, there's that moment where quick cuts to him putting gear, putting the sirens on, tires, and then it's over within like two seconds because yeah. it's not a long, drawn out chase scene. It's just someone getting pulled over for a speeding ticket. <laughs> and so, and then whereas, you know, Shaun of the Dead, which is, I don't want to say a slower film, but, you know, like, especially the action scenes, like the zombies are a bit slower in what they're doing there. And, you know, these other supporting characters, none of them are action people like Nicholas Angel. Yeah. So the quick cuts, I think, I don't know, but then at the same time, it's like a fun juxtaposition that you've got all this quick flashy stuff going on with a bit of a slow burner of a film. Yeah. So Joey, let's kick into like chatting about Sean of the Dead because it's, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's about Sean who has like a, an average life whose life is like, turned upside down by a zombie apocalypse. Mm. Yeah, because he's like going nowhere in life, isn't he? It's like, that's yeah. his whole thing is he's just a, is it like, he's a, like assistant manager of an electronics store, lives in a flat with his friend and like his uni roommate or something. And, you know, he breaks up with his girlfriend that night and it's just like, his life's very just on yeah. par, like nothing special about it. And then when he's in the situation, he's then thrust into a leadership role and he's, he realizes, you know, you realize this guy's got it in him um, and his potential, but it's just been locked away and held back by various other factors. It took for him almost dying to realize mm. his true potential. But even from like the first scene where he's the one, he's the one coming up with the plans and, you know, breaking into the shed. And it's quite clever because it's slowly done in a way that you don't think it's like him becoming this leader. And it naturally just grows, and then by yeah, the end of it, when they're in, when he's in, the, when they're in the pub, and he's the one calling the shots. David, get the lights. Nick, uh, not Nick, Ed, um, Ed, get the porkies. Mum, go over there. And like he, suddenly, he's in this leadership role, and then you don't realise you've grown into that until you're there. And you go, oh, like yeah, of course that makes perfect sense. We've like you know you've naturally yeah, turned the story into this, yeah. Which I think is quite like that's a fantastic showcase of character and writing. And again, why Edgar Wright is one of the best. Um, in fact, all the characters in this, they're, they're so perfectly, perfectly cast and perfectly acted. Like, yeah, the cast in this is amazing. There's who, who's in there? There's well, you've got Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, they're Sean and Ed, the main two. You got the woman who plays Liz, she's like the least famous one, I think. Yeah. Um, you got Jessica Hines, she pops up in it. Um, Martin Freeman, Matt Lucas, Bill, Bill Nye, he he's cro- yeah. he crops up across all. Th- uh, to be honest, a lot of the characters and actors do pop up across all three. Um, I don't think Jessica Hines is in the later two. Certainly not in this one. No, in, in Hot Fuzz, sorry. Um, you got Lucy Davis, who was in The Office. She plays Dawn. Yeah. Um, the guy from Black Books, I don't know whose name is escaping me. Dylan Moran, Moran. Yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah, um, that's it. I think. Yeah, and then you got like the alternate cast in the oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, is that it? Uh, Martin Freeman. Just yeah, just Hines, uh, yeah. Matt Lucas. Oh, Peter Serif I can't never say his name. Yeah, Serif Ferenowitz. Oh, I I can hear I can hear it in my head, and it's <laughs> just my mouth can't make those shapes. Peter Serifenowitz. Serifenowitz. Peter Peter Serifenowitz. Finowitz. What? You, uh, yeah, him. You know, the the tall guy. Yeah, he looks like a young Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, kind of. What is the, just what's... Google it, guys. Oh, he's in. Go- he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. You know him. You've seen his face. <laughs> Apparently, he had like a big show as well. He made it quite big. Uh, according to Wikipedia, he's best known as Pete in Shaun of the Dead. Oh. He was in the Tick. <laughs> In on Amazon Prime, and he did like, uh, and has received attention for his political satire videos in which he voices different versions of Donald Trump, including Cockney, Sassy, and Posh. He has also directed music videos packs such as Hot Chip and Kitchen Gun. I've had neither of those bands. Yeah, all right. So, the post office worker Catherine and scaffold at Sisman Serafinowicz, so formerly to live was half Belarusian and half Polish. Ah, there we are. Uh, I knew it was Polish. I was going to say Peter Polish second name, but I didn't really want to sound a bit, you know, right. Uh, hang on. Serafinowicz. 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 There we go. We got there. Yeah. Only because Wikipedia does have a, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Phonetic. Phonetic sounding. Yeah. <laughs> what if you click it, if it plays it? Ah, no. Uh, what's it been in? But yeah, so yeah, you know, he's not in there for particularly long, is he? He's no, he's he's in there in the beginning, like hmm. where he's trying to get rid of Ed because like, he's the he's the guy who's trying to push Sean to be more. Like, yeah, to, yeah, and he's the one who's like you know t- telling him that Ed's the one holding him down and all yeah. sorts. In this, I like the way it, at the beginning it recreates like the the like the beginning like sequence. Uh, what, well, like, what do you mean? Like the, the, main se- uh, the sequence where he's going to the shop. Oh right, right, yeah, yeah okay. It's not exactly yeah. the beginning, but yeah. No, no, I thought you meant like the opening shot. Oh no, repeating the opening shot. I said like, that means. Yeah, no, that. I mean, this is kind of. I mean, it's a hallmark of. Wright's directing style in it, like the kind of callback and throw forward. Yeah. You know, the bit where we also even I think I don't know if it's is it the first shot you get. Or maybe the second one where he kind of comes stumbling into the hallway, yawning. Oh um, yeah. And again that's then echoed at the end. And I mean first off it's a nod to like the zombie thing. Like you could argue he was a zombie in his world beforehand and it's only until the zombie outbreak happens that he realizes he's not a zombie if you want to get really a bit you know, wanky about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if, you to, if you want to be a proper film student about it. Yeah. yeah looking at you, Anthony. <laughs> um, you know, and then, yeah, the kind of, there's a lot of callbacks and references and even the bit with like Ed, where he talks about the Breville always gets me. And it's such a like throwaway line. You wouldn't even know it was there. Oh, okay, but he yeah. says, you know, like, it says like, uh, he wanted to call them by the actor's names. Sean's going to book a restaurant or book a meal and he, he forgets to. So he's like, what are we going to do? And he's like, Winchester. they got a brevel out back. And he's like, I can't take it to the Winchester. And obviously they do. And then later on in the film, when they're hiding in the Winchester, you know, um, 
uh, David is like, what are we going to do? Sit here and eat peanuts? What else are we going to do? Oh, there's a Breville out back. And it's like, <laughs> and it's just the way it's delivered. It's, it's like so natural. Uh, I, I do think Ed is one of the best characters in this film. Yeah, he I is. mean, he d- he does have his issues in my, when he says like the N word and stuff. Yeah, uh, like uh, that but, that didn't age well. But we like everybody knows someone like that that just says the wrong things all the time. That's it, and it's almost a bit like you know, like uh, have you seen Tropic Thunder? Yeah, and like Robert Downey Jr. and that. Oh, I and love that film. It's so good. Yeah, and he's. <laughs> I don't want to say he gets away with it because the wrong way of putting it, but you know, he is. An actor, yeah, in blackface, who's gotten too into the role. So it's it's not. It's almost and, like a satirical look at like Hollywood in the way that like he's gone so deep into the char- uh, character that he's saying this, and it's like yeah. you you can't say say that, you know. And yeah. I feel like it's the same with Ed. It's like it's not. It, it was a conscious choice to have him say it because it is the kind of thing someone in like that would say without realizing what it yeah. means. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it did not age well at all. But ho hum. He's now doing Barclays <laughs> adverts. So who's the real winner here? Um, but no, I do think, yeah, that even the scene with the records at the beginning. Um, and there's, a, sorry, I'm I'm talking so much about your film. Sorry, no, that's all you. good. This is like most of our conversations anyway. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, I just never know when to shut up. <laughs> I remember that time, I think I always tell you, when I dropped you off at the station after we just oh. done a massive uni assignment, so I was just chugging Monster Energy to keep me alive. Yeah, and it was probably you, about... Like, didn't you, like, not sleep or anything? Yeah, I think it was, like, the night before. Yeah, I just didn't sleep the night before. Like, at all, I was just up all night getting this essay in. Lost the whole day, and then, like, chugged half a can of Monster. Because I, I, I remember making myself either thirsty or hungry to make sure I drank it, because I was like, I don't want to fill up on other stuff, because then I won't drink it, and then I won't get the energy. And I sat with you in this train station car park waiting for your train. And I think I just spoke for about 20 minutes straight, just on the same <laughs> breath. And I didn't stop once. And since then, I've never had another energy drink. Really? Not like, yeah, I, genuinely, I don't think I have. Yeah, you just stick to coffee now, which pretty much does the same thing. Yeah, but I feel like it's <laughs> a lot, you know, it's a bit more like relaxed. I didn't down half, you know, it all in one go. Um, yeah. Anyway, getting off topic. Uh, there's a really cool moment here um, in this film. I don't, I don't know if he does, if Edgar Wright uses it in any other moments or it kind of does later on, I guess. In Children of the Dead, um, but it's like the here, there, and back again. I can't really what other way to describe it. Oh, okay, yeah. But it's when Sean's trying to call nine 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 at the beginning of the film, and he goes to Ed. He goes, "He's still out there." And it's a shot. It's a whole shot. One one continuous shot of Ed standing in the living room. He goes to the window, pulls the curtains back, and there's two zombies just at the window, like, you know, as you would see in a horror film. Pulls the curtain back, and then walks back to the exact same spot and just goes, yeah. And it's, oh, it's just so brilliantly done. Like, it's it's a testament to, like, I think it's just British humour at its finest. Yeah. And that sounds really, like, noncy, not noncy, that's a bad word, really poncy to say, I should say. Um, But an an American couldn't pull this off. And also they couldn't, but... I think a, a bit of it would be. Yeah, it takes like a lost a, a touch of subtlety like that. That's it, and I don't think yeah. Americans would appreciate in their humor. Yeah, like the, just the general absurdity of it is. Yeah, and because it's it's played casually, but not so casually, they're not aware of the situation. Yeah, it's almost like, like uh, there is an issue, but it's like if you found like a dead dog in your garden, like that's the kind of severity it's on. Yeah, so it's like, okay, yeah. Oh, is, it, is it still there? 
<laughs> yes. And it's like, oh, <laughs> he doesn't say from the window. He like the fact he comes back. Oh, it's just brilliant, like directing. Um, and yeah, yeah, there's a lot of moments. There's another similar one at the end. It's not as good when Sean's checking all the fuses at the back. He's like, click, oh yeah, and then you on, get all the and get next one. Then. Click. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> click. It's just a hallway full of zombies. Like. <laughs> Turn it off, pull the blind down, and just walk away. <laughs> I mean, he does go then go in and say, like, we got a situation. They followed me. Um, which I didn't realise. That moment where he runs off and takes the zombies with him got developed into a short comic. Like, that's a whole, like, mini adventure. Did it? Yeah. What? Like, where he tries to distract them so they could get into the Winchester. Yeah, it, like, it shows him, like, hiding in a bin or something like that. And there's something else that happens. But it was basically like, a deleted scene. They released it as a comic. Oh, but wow. I think I think he's supposed to run back into the the others again, like Jessica Hines' character. Oh, okay. That, I think I... I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look something up. Sure. The dead comic. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. as you're saying, like at the beginning, like where they see the the first like two zombies in the garden, like where they're sieving through the records. Hmm. Like that that bit I could really appreciate because it's almost like. They're shopping for records, but like, which one's the most disposable? Yeah, and he like goes for more, and it's yeah. like, oh, um, what is it? He finds uh, like the Batman soundtrack and yeah. things like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the the humor is really subtle in like certain parts, but for the most part, it is. Hmm. And like yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, this this film gives birth to the the fence jumping. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Which <laughs> again. Peaked with hot fuzz, and you know, other bits. <laughs> oh, where, like, I give you that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know, I think about that. Like, it's just again, it's so well like timed and acted, <laughs> like the way the music cuts because you know what's going to happen, and yet you still don't expect it to happen like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing at my imagination. <laughs> Um, but even like when uh, going back to that record, but they're trying to get in the shed. And he goes, "What's in the shed?" Is like, I don't know. It's never been opened. And Sean's got, ah, you know, I'm going to open it. Is that like, it's locked? And so the next thing you see is Sean just crashing through the front door or the, the door of it. Um, yeah, it's just there's so many like little things like that. that just... Yeah, yeah, and then like the it, like the Britishness is like is at its peak when he like grabs a cricket bat as his weapon of choice. Like mm-hmm. in America, it'd be a baseball bat. I know, and then that's even yeah. like echoed later on with um, Yvonne. She's got the is it the golf club? Yeah, I think so. When he bumps into her, yeah, and it's like obviously the mirror of the two. But it's yeah. it's funny how like synonymous a white. I mean, Edgar Wright has created one of the easiest cosplays ever: white shirt, red tie, bit of red splatter, and a cricket bat. Done. You've got yeah, Sean Z. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I do think this first film has a bit of charm, and like you say, this that. Uh, tracking shot where Sean walks to the, the shop um, and then the callbacks like you know you've got the you know the, the bit with the boy when on the, he kicks him with the football and he goes oh you're dead like that and obviously later on you just don't yeah. see the kid again which is like woof <laughs> the guy asking for change the funniest one for me is the, the jogger <laughs> the oh, first yeah. time he goes around, you've got a jogger running past and then the second time this is a guy sprinting away like for his life, <laughs> for his life. and oh, it's just oh it's just genius yeah, um, that's that's what you like appreciate from that sequence. It's like every like you see what it like how it plays out normally on a day to day basis. Hmm. Then like the second time is just off just by like just something so little. 
Did that even the shopkeeper not being there? Well, apparently the the radio that's playing in the shop at the time um, is like like translated is like someone in uh, I, I don't I don't know what the language is. This is my white person shown, but I'm gonna say Indian, but Hindi, probably. Hindi, that's it. There, I couldn't think of the right word was, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm not, this is the worst person to have this problem with." Um, it's like, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, you know, your, your language, <laughs> you guys, yeah, you know, I'm sure you know what it meant. Um, <laughs> yeah, Punjabi, I, I speak. All <laughs> oh, right, sorry. Um, oh, I know you're getting cancelled, mate. I am. Oh, I was going to get cancelled long ago. <laughs> I've already said the word nonce on a podcast. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and like apparently that's that's like that translates to like a radio broadcast explaining what's going on, and the fact like no one no one would really, really know that like you can barely hear it, but they went through the steps to do that. It's yeah, just, it's just the tiny little details that like every every shot and every moment contains a clue for, and you know contains something you missed last time, which is why yeah, it, it makes films like this and Hot Fuzz and like Back to the Future why they are so good on rewatch. Yeah, that's how, that's how what makes the film like, special is the rewatchability and finding something new, especially with a comedy. So you, yeah. you find different jokes every time. So yeah, you appreciate um, it. Yeah, because I mean, anyone knows that you tell the, the same joke twice and it's not as funny the second time round. But like we've just proven that bit where Danny runs through the fences and hot fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just every time you just. Because. Oh. Because he so wants to be like the action guy. Yeah, that's and again, that's it. And you know, and like, and he doesn't give up, and he does it on the next one. But you, <laughs> you know, like it's predictably subversive, and it's like the phrase. You know, that's a phrase that like a lot of Marvel films have been tossed around with nowadays. Because you almost like you, you can anticipate the submersive, the sub. What's the word? Not submersive. Subversive the subversive thing coming like you can i mean the best example is in thor ragnarok uh spoilers for thor ragnarok bruce banner goes to jump out of the, the ship and he says something like you know who i am and it's like this, you think it's gonna be the real heroic moment <laughs> where the hulk lands but he doesn't but like banner hits the, the deck first like, oh, okay yeah yeah and you're like okay i see what you're doing but because of the way because of everything or the other jokes in this film you knew that moment wasn't going to be uh, so you knew that moment was going to be a joke. Yeah. Does that uh, make you're sense? Wait. Yeah, you, you're not. It's almost you're not sure that the punchline is coming, but you're you're like sixty percent sure. Yeah, because of other moments, like you know, there's yeah. calling back Ellen in that film. You know, um, there's a bit where Thor has a ball, and he goes, "Because that's what heroes do." Throws it against a window, and you think it's going to smash, but obviously it doesn't. It just bounces back and hits him like the same force he's thrown it. And you think, okay, that's funny, but that's the same setup to this joke. You get the like the cheesy typical line followed by what you think is going to happen and then it doesn't you think all right well we already know this is going to happen now right so whereas i feel like with edgar wright's writing you you can see those moments coming in your mind's eye and yet they still play out different to how you're expecting them to yeah that i feel like by his style but there's even in films but baby driver yeah there's even uh moments like that so uh, you know when uh he like hijacks the car from like the woman yeah and like he's trying to get away but he's trying to find the right song first oh yeah yeah, yeah. and then yeah, oh, I, always, 
I could always imagine you just doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, baby, baby Driver is such a bad film to watch if you drive. Like, oh, don't do it. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna watch it, watch it as like the last thing you're doing that day, so you don't have to go out. Unless you unless you don't own a car, in which case you're fine. Because the second you're like, baby driver, I have car keys. Hmm, you're just gonna you're just gonna be insufferable on the road. Oh uh, yeah, I think I remember us watching it on like uh, the, the film society, and mm. then you're like, oh, I have to drive home now. So <laughs> this is not good. I saw I when that film came out, I saw it in Crawley with my friend Lewis, which is like, uh, like near Gatwick, right? So, yeah, like near kind of South London-ish. And I was driving back to Ashford that day, so back down to the east coast, like Kent. It's about probably about from there to there. It's probably about uh, an hour and forty minutes, maybe. Um, so that's that's how long the journey should have been. I think I did it in about an hour because of the speed I was going <laughs> from watching that film. No, I guarantee you did have the soundtrack planned as well, didn't you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'd never yeah. listened to the songs or blues or jazz ever before. But Did you wear your sunglasses too? Height of summer. So I'm oh, not okay. saying that was because of that, but yes. <laughs> I did then go out and buy red sunglasses to wear. So, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Such but, a nerd. I, oh, I am. It's on there. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, the way Wright does humour. But then I also, because Simon Pegg wrote this with him. I don't know if he wrote the last one, actually. I think he wrote Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Can have a look. Hold up. Um, so, I mean, that's probably a big part of, of what goes into it as well. Because I know Simon Pegg is, like, hilarious on his own. Like, the stuff he contributes to his films and things. Not just acting-wise, but writing-wise. And he really understands, like, what makes comedic characters work. Yeah. Um, yeah, which so having him write this because uh, yeah the uh, again I'm only doing this about hot fuzz because this is the one I love <laughs> much, but uh, I know they grew up in that kind of town together him and Simon Peck uh, him and Edgar Wright and like their, their mums are the the village of the village of the year judges at the end like, because they grew up in a village similar to oh, okay, Stamford yeah, yeah. like from hot fuzz um, so you know they obviously clearly have very cl- good understanding of these kind of characters and this kind of world. And again, you see that intro, you know, there's, there's, there's really little things that like you wouldn't expect from a non-British film to have. Like when they're in the pub and it's, you know, there's, uh, what is it? It talks, yeah, when Ed's talking about the, the gun behind the bar, he's like, it's probably been decommissioned. Like in an American film, they'd be like, you know, everyone would have a gun. Oh, okay, yeah. If this film was made in America, but they're <laughs> like, well, it clearly doesn't work. Because here, why would it work? And then the fact it does work is the joke at the end, like, oh, okay, there's just this yeah. decommissioned rifle. I mean, it's a it's the closest thing to a Chekhov's gun I think you can ever gonna get. Which is, you know, a right until where you you mention something in the first act and then and I think I think that's the example is oh you go, yeah, there's this is this loaded gun on the wall. And then you have to come back to it at the end. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. I mean you you you're a writer, you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why I'm explaining yeah. that. Um, so, you know, and like the fact you can get a literal Chekhov's gun in there. Yeah, especially, yeah, the... in an English film as well, it's even harder to do. Yeah, and it makes sense. And it'd be the punchline of a joke. Yeah. Like, that's just all the boxes tick. So, yeah, I think, yeah. I, I, I Yeah, it's, it's just a brilliant film. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's really not as gory as you think. There's probably, like... Yeah. I mean, there, there are bits... Like the the bit where the one of the first zombies 
Or is it when they're with Philip and that and it gets impaled on like Oh that's that's the first one. That's the that's the young girl in the garden, yeah. isn't it? Mary. Um they push her onto the parasol stand and just like yeah. straight through. But obviously yeah, I don't know, it's it's bad. I've become desensitized to a lot of that stuff because I know it's obviously fake. Yeah. Like, and digital squibs and all this, I'm like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, same. But like I watched like UFC the other day and like some guy literally just broke his leg just throwing a kick. Yeah. And it was it's so disgusting. I just couldn't watch it. Like his leg looked like rubber. Oh. And like just because it's real, like you sort of like I couldn't yeah. watch it again. But like here, like you could you know it's fake, so Yeah, and there's the moment where uh thingy gets dragged out of the pub through the window. Oh yeah, and they grab all uh what's his name? David. David, that's his name. Yeah. I can't want to call him Michael. Um and they just like yeah, tear him tear him uh, apart. Uh, it's like he... oh, his death in this film is like kind of really British, where he just like he's so embarrassed he would rather die. Yeah, he's like, "Bro, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not staying here. I'm, I'm gonna leave." And he's like, what, "What? No, like, don't." Yeah, for um, anyone who hasn't seen it, is he like professes his love for Liz, who is Sean's ex-girlfriend? I feel like we everyone's met a uh, David in their life. Probably. I'm trying to think who ours is. <laughs> oh, I think I know. Uh, uh... Uh, yeah, he, how, can, how can you just? He thinks he's. A there you go. Oh, oh, I really <laughs> doesn't listen to this. Oh, that was that. Was, oh, okay. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Remember, thirty-three minutes. Cut that. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll bleep it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I've yeah. so much. I thought, but like the gore and like that. Like it's not a joke the gore like any other film would be like a scary movie would use it as a punchline yeah or a film like that whereas this doesn't like it's just part of this world and it feels yeah that's yeah it's what adds like it adds the sucker punches to it with uh philip who's uh sean's stepdad is his a stepdad uh yeah 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 so like when he like gets bitten and then like you, you see like the blood, and then like you know, like that's when there's a gut punch coming. Mm. But even that moment's funny. Like you know, the whole like Mom, the man you love, he's not in there anymore, and the first thing he does is turn off the music. That's still playing really <laughs> loud. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like it does relationships. Like the way they've done the relationships between each character. Mm. Like, yeah. So you you got Sean and Ed, like the best friends, Sean and Liz. Like the rocky relationship or not, not mm. great relationship, and then David and Diane. They're, yeah, like she Diane's just like she's with him, like she loves him, but she knows she's yeah, not getting the Liz. same from. Yeah, and then right, you got yeah. she's probably the the most tragic character in this. Like, yeah, I really like her character though, because uh, you know when they're about to where they look out and see where all the zombies are. Yeah. Like one of my favourite shots is sorry, was that music playing in the back? Oh, I think not my guitar. Oh. <laughs> Just starting to do like some uh, some score to this podcast. Much like uh, certain <laughs> moving on. Um... Yeah, so, like, it's the shot where he's, he uses the slide ladder to Yeah, yeah. Like, that's one of my favourite shots because it's just a still shot. Like he's in frame when he's like on the ground. And you see him like stamping up the steps like a little kid, but you just see his feet at the end. Then you see him stamp back down. 
yeah it's again that kind of here go there come back like, yeah any other film would like have the camera follow him up and then you see what he sees and then it cuts whereas this is like you don't see what's there it's just him <laughs> and then you get his uh yeah you get his facial reaction yeah in fact yeah. a lot yeah and it's like <laughs> again it's it's because it's, it's played out for a long time yeah so you feel you can feel the the energy or lack of energy i should say like there oh it's, it's such a good film i'll have to rewatch it now i know you yeah, said that if we're going back to diane it's because she's like a drama teacher as well and they're like the only way we could get to the winchester do we pretend to be zombies and then like she goes into teacher mode mm. and then she's yeah. like, oh yeah give me give me your best zombie is it Eddie's like, I'll do it on the night. He's like, it is the night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that reminds me of like, something you would say as well. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> it's like your whole fix it in post. Yeah, but... and now, now saying that as an editor, <laughs> I, hate, I hate when people say that. You can fix it in the edit, can't you? Like, yeah, but I just won't talk me. Like, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. Um... Shall we move on to another film? Because yeah, I feel like we. Because if I, I will just end up gushing about Hot Fuzz for the next <laughs> forty-five minutes. Um, yeah, so for, for my film for two thousand four, as you know, I picked Shrek two. Um, I think I've got some notes here. So as of today, it's made. Do, do, do you want to take a guess of how much what this gross was? What uh, worldwide? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say 108 million. I don't know if this is right. Sorry, I've got 26 million down. Wow, the main three: Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, and Cameron Diaz got an upfront payment of 10 million, like before they even started work on it. Really? Woof. The first one they got paid 350 thousand. And then this time they're like, yeah, we want 10 minutes. What a jump. <laughs> but you got to think like how like, how successful, like, that's what studios do. Like, they, yeah. want, they, they would do anything just to make a sequel. Work between 15 and 18 hours in total. Film was what produced with a $70 million budget. That's not that much, I don't think. 70 million, no. Especially for like that's probably before an animated film. Yeah. Oh, okay. And obviously, this was again two thousand three. So obviously, you're unjust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. There's any other notes here? Oh, they started in two thousand one before the first film was even completed. Did they? Yeah. So they already knew. They're just because they do. Um, what is it? The viewings. I can't remember what they're called. Uh, oh, where they they gauge uh, in. Focus screening, yeah, that's focus, focus test, focus group, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they must have like, got a really good reaction from it, so oh, originally they were gonna have it be like a Shrek was gonna give up the throne in the second one, and he was gonna then make it like an make it an election, and everyone was gonna have like a rival campaign. Was gonna be like a <laughs> Pinocchio was gonna have an honesty campaign, and Gingy's was a smear campaign. <laughs> Well, you had to give us like a little uh, background of the plot for the. Oh sure, uh, I mean it's Shrek two, but fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take so... it seriously, man. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you're right. 
yeah. Shrek and Fiona, after the first film, they get married, and then they go to meet Fiona's parents, who are king, uh, the king queen of Far, Far Away. Um, and whilst there, there's... It actually, like, okay, being serious now, this story does get into... This film, sorry, that the story is a real good look into, like, what makes someone human and, like, the steps you're willing to change for the people you love. Yeah. And I know they show that physically with Shrek changing himself into a human because that's what Fiona, he thinks Fiona wants is to be the, the princess who lived happy ever after with her Prince Charming and all this. But it's them realising it's other compromises you make for the people you love. Like, you know, it's knowing that, okay, I want you to try and be part of this family. Okay, so you do be a part of it. You don't, you don't go into things with one foot out the door. Yeah. You know, that that's kind of the general story. Obviously, it's Shrek, and so hijinks <laughs> and shoot. Um, you always undercut your points. It's like, yeah, it's Shrek. So. Well, if I was about the other film, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's also a uh, like, you know, there's a bit where Pinocchio is accused of wearing women's underwear, and it turns out he is. Like, the the, the bar is so low <laughs> in this film. But this is rare for like an animated film, particularly a Dreams DreamWorks film, where I think nearly all the jokes land. Like yeah, perfectly. And there's so, something that I just so out of it for like kids, like the bit where Prison Boots first appears and he gets his sword out and Donkey goes, "Watch out, he's got a piece." <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> um, it's also putting up the only funny fart joke that's ever been made, ever. Oh right, yeah. Is that when? Isn't that after he's taken the potion? He takes a potion. There's a big yeah. swell of music. It's like, Ba-da-da-da. and it's like you again. You know it's coming, like <laughs> from that perspective. But again, it's just so like it's. I say it's not made a big deal of, but they do it, and then they leave you a beat just to kind of <laughs> like deal with it. <laughs> I don't uh, that's so funny, but that one does get me. However, the crowd, the crown jewel of this film, is without a doubt the holding out for a hero scene. Which oh, okay, yeah. I've already do a whole episode on on its own, but I'll try and keep it brief. Um. So those of you who may not have seen the film or need remembering, they construct a giant gingerbread man to launch an attack on the castle <laughs> whilst Jennifer Saunders, as a fairy godmother, sings Holding Out for a Hero. <laughs> I need a hero. Uh, oh, it's just, it's just... The fact that a person, a human being, came up with this idea, and it wasn't me, and it was like... <laughs> and then they made it work. And again, it's got emotional beats, it's got funny beats, it's got like action moments, like... Yeah, during it's, it's that incredible. during that whole sequence, they're try uh, you got like the the guards are trying to drown the gingerbread man in like hot milk. Yeah, yeah, like they're, <laughs> they're trying to kill him, and then you know the whole bit where his arms break off and he falls in the water, and then you've got the puss in boots. He's trying to beat through his big big eyes, and then he like goes feral on him. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's cool cool moment. I remember rewatching that moment over and over because like, that's so cool. Like, ah. um, you've got Fiona who's still like. You know, she's dancing with Charmin and still putting him off because she knows there's something going on, but she doesn't quite know what. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it just, it's such, it's such a good climax. Like everything just comes together in one go and it works so well to a fantastic score. Because not only does it use, I'm getting real like, like so and so here, like not only does it use the pop zone, but then it then also uses the theme from Shrek and Fiona's relationship, like the actual score mixed in with it in those key moments where it happens and it's oh it's just a, a perfect combination of everything this film is about 
Yeah, uh, going back to like the jokes, though, like, there is one joke that got me like really bad when I watched it the other day. It's <laughs> at the end where the fairy godmother tries to like get rid of Shrek, hmm. and then the king jumps across and like hits his uh, armor and like reflects oh, back yeah, on yeah. it. And then all you hear is like a ribbit, and then the gingerbread man goes, "Oh, he croaked." <laughs> 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 so, uh, oh, something like the bit where they're being chased by the guards as well, and it's like done in like the style of the OJ chase. It's like we've got a white bronco in there, <laughs> and then, like, oh, yeah. the, or the, the catnip. And he's like, "What's that?" Uh, oh yeah, oh, that, oh yeah, nice. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> like, oh, it's just oh, it's so clever. Like the, the way you get in these jokes for clearly the parents and older kids, and like you know, most people think you know, getting jokes in past kids are just like you know sex references or anything but they don't have to be they can just be yeah. stuff like that <laughs> Oof. oh yeah it, it, oh i think it's dreamworks at their peak yeah i feel like shrek is what put them like on the map yeah although saying that prince of dreams not prince of dreams prince of egypt is a phenomenal animation film i mean not even animated just a phenomenal film um but that didn't come out in 2004 so i can't talk about yeah. that yet they didn't make um, a musicals list either yeah, didn't like looking back, it really should have. <laughs> but then the music thing, right? I'm gonna quickly divert back to the musical thing. It was like, are we talking about what is a better film or what is a better musical? Because the songs in it are right, but they're not as strong as some of the other musicals out there. That's yeah, it, it was a whole package type deal. So yeah, uh, maybe. Egg song is like the best one, and the you know can be miracles. Yeah, you're just naming, you're naming yeah. things I don't know. <laughs> oh, you, have you seen it? No, I think I might oh, have seen bits of it. But... Seriously, seriously, like sit down and watch it because it's so, like, yeah. So it completely blindsides you. You don't realize like how deep and into it that it's actually going to get for a Bible story. But anyway, we're going to talk about that today. <laughs> uh, what was my other note I had here? Ba, 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 ba. Oh no, you just done that. Do you know uh, where the but they come and make the announcement to Shrek and Fiona. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. do the horns. And then one of them just goes off doing the Hawaii Five O thing. <laughs> uh, I remember like, my mum was losing it at that. She's like, that's, that's Hawaii Five O. Five, five, five. was really like wetting herself there. I'm nine. I don't understand that reference. <laughs> and then he just gets smacked on the back of the head. Yeah. And then afterwards, he's like, oh, what's, what's he called? Him? He calls him like. Um, Sergeant Pompous and the Fancy Pants Club Band or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's ah, oh. sound that film. Um, actually, that's good because that brings me on to the soundtrack. Um, which you know is in, again just a top-notch job. Um, Counting for Crow, Counting Crows, accidentally in love as the opening number. You got a bit of Bowie in here, changes. Um, Holding out for a hero, as we discussed. Even La Vida Loca, like songs that you think, like, yeah, of course they're going to DreamWorks film. But rarely did that you find it in an animated film again. Don't yeah. where the music is and actually is impactful to the scene and elevates it without just being in there for the sake of it. Like, allow me to shift gears here for a sec. The Cat in the Hat film, which I believe also came out in two thousand and four or a similar time. There's a bit at the end where they're doing the big like clean up montage. It's um, a Smash Mouth cover of the Beatles, and afterwards he's like, 
And the guy that guy's like, he's like, he's like, we got the household clean. No one knows what's going on. We even got a popular song into the soundtrack. That's very important. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like, okay, fine. You know, these songs are the film. Sorry, are there to make you put fun songs in them? But every one of them is perfect for that moment and doesn't feel out of place being the film. Like when, when would you ever get Ricky Martin and David Bowie on the same soundtrack for a film? I feel like that's the one that doesn't fit the most, though. But I, I did appreciate, like, watching it, I did appreciate, like, all the, all the songs. I was like, this is actually... Uh, it's a very strong point for the film. What's that? But, like, like, the soundtrack, like, all the songs mm. that go into it. But, yeah, Living La Vida Loca at the end. It, it might just be my disdain for the song. See, but, I, hadn't yeah. heard, I hadn't heard the song until the film. So I didn't know it was like what song it was. I was like, oh, okay, this is just, I'm guessing it's a pop song, but I never heard of it outside of that film until, yeah, I saw Track J. Yeah, until Antonio Banderas and Eddie Murphy start singing. <laughs> yeah, so like, I didn't understand, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think definitely the strongest Track film. But also, I think, I, the reason I, I think the reason it resonates with me so much is this was probably the DVD we watched most growing up. Because whenever we were going on long drives, like my grandma's and like things like that, because of the way it's written, and like we said about these adult jokes, and like it's, it's written for adults as well. Like my parents could listen to it without having to watch it. So we would watch it in the back, and they'd just have to listen to it. Obviously, we would listen to it as well. It wasn't like we had a whole speaker set up where one of us got the visuals and one got the sound. Yeah, um, you had to hold your hands over your ears. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, you have your drive-ins where you get the speaker and you put it on your. On your um, on your car window, like that. So you just got the speakers in the front, um. So yeah, so I think yeah, I mean, nostalgia based clear, you know, nostalgia played a big part yeah. in film for me. But I think that is a testament that you can, uh, even my mum and dad who aren't big into films, you know, they like them, but they're not like movie buffs, you know. Especially you know having kids, and we weren't young kids either. In two thousand four, I was already seven, seven, yeah. And you know, not like the DVD came out then, so it would have been you know eight going on nine, and my sisters would have been fifteen and seventeen. Now that, seventeen, that, that's wild. That 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 does speak to the power. If it, if a seventeen year old could watch that, no, hang on, I'll get my math wrong. <laughs> How old was I? Eight. She was sixteen. Sixteen and fourteen. That's still yeah, teenagers watching that. Like you'd think they'd want to watch. Something else, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, like coming, coming of age movies or something, but yeah, but you were there, so you ruined yeah, it. Yeah, it was like a family car, and we had, I think we had like six DVDs at the time, so it wasn't like we had a ton of choice. And um, yeah, I, I just think it's a, yeah, just a, a brilliant testament to writing and what you can do with kids' films and animation. Like, it doesn't have to be minions and angry birds just to get some adult humor in where you make an odd you know raunchy joke or anything or a reference or the emoji movie where you just get patrick stewart playing a poo oh, how many cars do you think he bought i think he's got enough i don't think he even needed to take that job no it was just like he was like a mortgage do you joke. think do you think he gets like a like a share from like every poo emoji thing they're sold i doubt it because because they're like, like they copyright all the emojis didn't they Oh. Well, yeah. So, they, who, who owns emojis? I mean, it was produced by Sony Pictures, but who who has the rights? I mean, Apple has their own emojis. So they own the rights to those ones. Sony obviously has their own emojis. Google has their own. Like, yeah, 
it's just a weird, weird concept to make a film out of. Oh, it's just, it's just the times we live in, man. This, this YouTube generation. Yeah. Although <laughs> saying that, do you want to hear some fantastic film news that came out today? Like this is, got it. Top tier, top tier movie news. Um, a an old eighty-year-old review of Citizen Kane was recently found, a negative review of it, which has dethroned it from Rotten Tomatoes' highest-rated film of all time. And, really? Yeah, I know not Rotten Tomatoes, but some websites ranking of it, which means oh, now yeah, Paddington exactly. Two is now the best <laughs> best-rated film of all time, as it so rightly deserves to be. <laughs> I cannot wait till we get to the time we can talk about Paddington Two. It's, oh, oh, that film is just a hug as a movie. This speaks to our differences in movies because I've seen Citizen Kane and not Paddington 2 and I think it's the reverse for you, right? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've watched Citizen Kane through like documentaries and stuff. Like I've never actually watched it, but people referencing it. I'm like, okay, all right, I kind of get what's going on here. Oh, like, it's, I, it's worth the hype, I think. I mean, it's not the greatest film of all time, but I get why it's like, regarded so highly. I mean, it's it's not the greatest film of all time, Sonny. I think you'll find Paddington <laughs> 2 is. And if you haven't seen Paddington 2, if you haven't seen Paddington <laughs> in prison. <laughs> I wish it was my sister the other day, right? So she finally caught the big finale. I'm trying to spoil it, but like, she got very emotional. And it was like four in the afternoon. She was like, I'm crying at four in the afternoon over the animated <laughs> air film. Like, <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's so good. It's so, it's like, it's written in that way how grown-ups think kids act like that's a bit wet and yeah. cheesy like one of the sons his name's jonathan i think and he's like i'm not and he's trying to be caught cool at school that's like his arc and he's like i'm not jonathan i'm j-dog and it's like all right oh no like, no oh. Oh, mate, that's, that screams shenanigans yeah like <laughs> uh, downright but yeah it's a lot like a lot of a few moments like that and you think oh you're letting yourself down but then anytime paddington's on screen and it's just oh it's just oh, gorgeous. It's it's so good. We didn't deserve this film. Whatever. We got this film and then we got like 2020. And you know what? Fair trade-off. Wow. Wow. <laughs> You're going to have people at your house in a minute. Yeah. And then when they're like, well, what do you mean? I'll be like, ah. Paddington 2, and then they'll watch the scene where the neighbours come out and help the car and they'll go, yeah, you're right. You know, fair enough. This is the most charming <laughs> thing that's ever happened. But Shrek 2. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I've come to what I was going to say about Shrek 2. There are other films out of 2004 yeah. that, you know, were substantial, but yeah, you know, I, typical I, of Spider-Man, Incredibles, they, they, they've been spoken about enough, I think. I mean, like, talking about the characters, like, Prince Charming in the beginning, like, you know everything you need to know about him as soon hmm. as like, like, he starts narrating his own story, and you're like, oh, this guy is just like a narcissist. Yeah. Like, it just tells you everything you need to know. No. Exactly. Like, yeah. And I mean, his character and then like, what it goes on to be in the next one, he then becomes the main villain in the next film. And it's, oh, you just, you don't hate him because he's not like the main villain. Like, he's just the victim of. Yeah, he's like a sport. He's just a sport kid, basically, isn't he? Yeah, that's it. And yet they still make him like a compelling story to follow. And like, he does have some brilliant moments. 
Oh, the bit where they go, they go for a drive-through, and he's like, oh, yeah. he gets uh, was, uh, a medieval meal, which is like a happy meal, and, and the toy the is an axe. Yeah, he's got the little paper crown on. Like, oh, it's just, oh, it's just ridiculous. And, like little stuff here, like we said about Shaun of the Dead, the little moments that yeah. add nothing to the film, but they put in there for <laughs> whatever reason. <laughs> but I like that that bit as well because like you got the fairy like, godmother like threatening him. It's like you know what you made me do. Yeah, and she rolls down the window. It's like you made me break my diet. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's oh, it's brilliant writing. Like again, it's that sub- subversiveness where nowadays you look back and go, yeah, of course that's the, there's a joke coming here. But I think even well, I don't know, even someone who's not seen the film before would be like, oh, okay, like you know, yeah, it is that subversiveness from what you think a typical animated film will do. But with the attitude trick heads, you can pull these kind of like sudden like left hand turns into different weird situations and such yeah when Pitt and boots is trick and then he gets a hairball and just knocks him <laughs> out because he can't like <laughs> oh oh i love it so much i get why you like, picked it to be fair once i watched it i was like fair it enough is, it's just like safe humor as well like yeah anyone can watch it at any time Plus, it then goes on to be like the like foundation for every other Shrek stuff that comes after it, like from setting to characters to like world building. Like, yeah, there's even that joke where they're going far, far away, and you got Donkey just asking if they're there yet. Yeah, like you've, I mean, the fact that far, far away is a place. Like, yeah, you know, you've heard <laughs> it before. Like, oh, is a land far, far away? Yeah, this is far, far away. You're here, and it's like, oh, okay, you know? <laughs> and you know the joke on Hollywood. Um, what do they have? They have like, it, and this is what I say about like little jokes that don't need to be there, but are there for if you see them. There's, um, I mean, Burger King, obviously. I think it's Burger Prince. I think Burger, Burger <laughs> Prince, yeah. Versace, um, which is oh, yeah. oh, whoever came up with that on the kiss on the lips. And that's such a perfect <laughs> joke. Um, I can't remember the Starbucks is. No, I, I remember oh, seeing it. But... Like far bucks or far far away bucks. Oh, okay, yeah. And then there's that joke where, you know, the big gingerbread man goes to drink from the like oh, yeah. the stone cup and they all run out and just run into another one across the road. <laughs> it's always a, a Simpsons movie joke where all the church goes run out and run into Moe's Tavern and all the Moe's Tavern patrons come out and run into the church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, it's such good writing. It's so good. It's just unnecessarily good writing. Why should Trek 2 be this good of a film? Like... <laughs> Why? <laughs> See, I haven't seen the first one. Sorry, is there clicking going? Can you hear that? Oh, maybe my pen. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah uh, You've not seen uh, the first one? No, I mean, I haven't seen the first one in a while, but I still think I would prefer that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, the first one is that first whole kind of fairy tale flipped on its head. Like what you're not expecting, and again, it is, does have a like a nice message about you know, it's what's on the inside that counts, and not judging people. And there's that really touching moment with Trek and Donkey have under the stars, where he's like, you know, people see me and they they or they already judge me without getting to know me. So he's like, why should I bother changing and being anything else? And it's yeah. like, oh, that's so like Jesus, like the fact, <laughs> the fact they can some like here and there use Shrek as a as an allegory for like people of colour and stuff like that <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's wild in a nice way I'm not saying 
I feel like I'm going to get into muddy water here. I'm just going to leave it at that. No, carry on, carry on. I no, like no, no. Heinz no. <laughs> mayonnaise for this conversation. Heinz uh, uh, mayonnaise and mineral water. I am like, oh, what did I, I ate something the other day and I was like, this is too spicy. And I was like, I can't tell anyone because it was, what was it I had? I think it was just like a chicken goujon or something. What? I ate something the other week. Oh, I can't a chicken goujon you found yeah, spicy? I was, I was nearly going to text you it. It was that absurd. <laughs> I remember you keep telling that you told me this one day you had like a bowl of pasta or something. And you go, oh, this is really spicy. What's in there? And you're like, black pepper. I was like, oh. <laughs> no. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> I, made, I made pasta for myself. And I was like, oh, I'll put a bit of chili in. That'd be fine. Literally, like, I don't know. It was frozen chili, but like two millimeters worth of diced chili, right? So whatever that is. And I was like, I need to put mayonnaise on this pasta because it's far too hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, oh, and yeah, um, I went to McDonald's once and got their sweet chili sauce, and even that was too spicy for me. <laughs> I had to oh, go well, back well. and be like, Can I get a sour cream as well so I can mix it? Because <laughs> my god, I've gone out of this. Oh, god bless you. Good. Uh, I try, I do try, but yeah, I mean, you are one of the few people. Hey, well, you're not as bad as one of our other friends when we go Nando's, you don't get plain. No, is this, is this he or she? She, it's easy. She gets plain, Lee. Does she? <laughs> yeah. I never knew that. You know, how many times have we been Nando's all together? <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm doing the talking. I don't listen. <laughs> don't <let> me. <laughs> Plus, you true. order at the bar, don't you? I've never been up yeah. there. I think normally I let you guys go up and I watch the table and then I go off my own because I know I'll take forever. <laughs> <laughs> you just start talking to everyone on the way up. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> See now, even now, I'm going on a tangent. Oh, I went for a walk yesterday when I was in Nashville. I was just walking to Tesco to get some cash out, and I called my friend up, and she's like, "Is everything all right?" I was like, "Yeah, I just need a brain stimulant because I'm I've, my brain's not doing." She's like, "Half past nine. I was like, "Yeah, what's your point?" She's like, "All right." <laughs> I got my house. I was like, "All right, I'm back home now." She's like, "Oh, okay. Guess, like, thanks for calling me." Then I was like, "Yeah, I just, I just need them to keep keep me occupied while I'm walking because otherwise I'll just stop." <laughs> I get like this is like the difference between me and you though. Like I need that, but I just choose the music. Yeah, like, music, how you... I'm like, I get bored of like. <laughs> that just shows like you're the you're the extrovert. I'm the introvert. Yeah, yeah. I think I just have ADHD. Just undiagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was I was here with my phone playing a podcast, my TV playing Scrubs, and then playing something on my DS at the same time. And I was like, I have like five screens going and I'm not paying attention to any of them. <laughs> Wait, so well, were they both like turned up? Like the, yeah. the podcast and Scrubs? I oh, know, maybe it wasn't Scrubs. It was... What was I doing? I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember what it was. Oh, no, I had, a, I had another game loading. That's it. I was playing GTA. I had to really do something on my uh, um, on my Pokemon, uh, my DS game, and then I had my podcast playing as well. So I had the controller in my hand with the phone sitting on top, and then looking down at my DS with the other hand while I'm moving all three at once. God, I mean, um, I do that when I'm playing like PlayStation. Like, I always listen to like, a podcast or something. But yeah, that's when I love a love. Maybe just, you do I, have ADHD. Oh, hundred <laughs> 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 percent. Look at some video every week because every time we go for a walk, I'll just point out every animal I see. Like, just a big conversation. I'll be talking to this girl, dog. Just a dog over there. All right. <laughs> well, like, when I'm driving, she gets really scared because I'm driving. Go, sausage dog. She's like, please pay attention to the road. I'm like, oh, sorry. No,
Well, I think that's just because we just drive to the same like four places. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Oh, there's that that one time where we had to drive from where is it? Thanet back oh. to Graveden and then Graveden back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. That's I feel like drive. you were focused on like not losing your job. So I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was. Yeah. That's the only time I've never been that distracted. <laughs> Plus I had you. But I had you and Izzy in the car, so I was just chatting to you guys. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway. I mean, talking about going off, like having ADHD. I suppose we talking about Shrek too. <laughs> yeah, I'd be honest. I'm, I'm kind of. I've, I've, that's all my notes on it for now. I, oh. I feel like I feel like I had a lot more to say about your Tron of the Dead than I did about Shrek too. To me, it's the better film. But oh, I'm not trying yeah, to start yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, if it was between the two, I would have picked Tron of the Dead, like any day of the week. But you Ooh. didn't this week. I know. I just didn't realize. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's do a little game. Okay. It's a quick one. They won't take long. Uh, right. The top five highest grossing movies of 2004. I'll give you the top five, and then I'll Ooh. ask you to put them in order. Okay. Hit me. So Shrek 2 is one of them. Right. The Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh. The Passion, of, the, Passion okay. of the Christ, The Incredibles, and Spider-Man 2. Okay, Bash of the Crows is definitely fifth because that was a 15, so you lost half your market there, I think. Oh, is it the fifth? Uh, give me your, give me the whole list and then I'll, I'll, I'll break it down for you. There we go, Bash of the Crows is fifth. Fourth, I'm going to say is... Oh, I can... Knowing how much Shrek 2's made, I'm probably going to look that up because that's going to... You want to know, so it's all good. Just... Uh... Go if you got. Yeah, my gut's saying. Hang on, what have I got? Let's check to Incredibles, Azkaban, and Spider Man. Yeah. I'm going to go. So, Passion of the Christ, Azkaban. I think Strike 2 is top. And then I'm going to go Spider Man Incredibles. So, from worst, of, so from fifth to what first, it's going to be Passion of the Christ, Prisoner of Azkaban, Spider Man 2, The Incredibles, Shrek 2. Okay, I think you only got one. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. <laughs> All right, so Chip was uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, that made 249 million. That's how much it grossed. Yeah, fourth is Incredibles. The 251. Whoa, okay. I am well out. And then yeah. three is Passion of the Christ. Yeah, looking back, that, that should have made, I should have put that higher. Yeah, you got to think of like the, the, the Christian market all over the world. Mm. I mean, I, even even I've seen that film. Because yeah, <clears> it took a lot of Deadpool to dethrone that. Yeah. I mean, it made 370 million. In two thousand four, that's in, that's ridiculous. Like considering, like the the Incredibles is fourth, and that was two hundred and fifty one, over a hundred and twenty, like one hundred nineteen million. Yeah, and you think Incredibles is kids? So you're probably gonna, you know, kids will come see that two or three times, maybe. Yeah, your fashion across, you lose majority of your market. I think my dad got it for like Christmas or something, so he watched it on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, it's it's a subtitled film, and you think. Why would like and well, I was like eight, eight or nine. Yeah. Why would an eight, nine year old be interested in this? And we watched it at night as well. 
I don't like the night before Christmas, like Christmas, it's Christmas Eve, so you're not going to get to sleep. Anyway, as an eight yeah. or nine year old, yeah. And then, hang on, it's subtitled, yeah, it's in a uh, something, <laughs> not, not English. Yeah, I think it's in Hebrew or something. Isn't it Mel Gibson? Or am I getting confused? Yeah, Mel Gibson, but there's so much anti Semitism in this film, Jesus. I mean, I don't even rem- I don't remember the anti-Semitism. I just know there is because it's Mel Gibson. Uh, well, yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say. That's what I just haven't seen it. Is I try my best not to watch much Mel Gibson. Other than like knowing it was a fifteen and it made a, a lot of money and had Mel Gibson playing Jesus, I know nothing no, about he, this film. He, he didn't play Jesus. He just directed it. Oh, uh, maybe that's why. Like, okay, that makes more sense. Then. But like, I know nothing about this film. I've never heard it referenced or like. I mean, obviously, it gets referenced, but yeah. the film itself, the, the story, but, you know, it's weird. It's like <laughs> I've never known the story of the Passion of the Christ. Well, it's, it's the crucifixion, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so you know, the fact your dad got that for Christmas when that's clearly what Easter is about. Yeah. Like, there's this weird bit in the film where, like, there's some like devil woman. I think it's after he dies, oh, but right. after like being uh, crucified. And I remember <laughs> like Christmas Day. Like, me and my brother like used to share a room. And he wasn't there when I woke up. And he was like with my mum and dad because he had a nightmare. This is a film. Considering he's two years older than me. Oh wow. It's not it's not it's not that. But come on. Like buck up, man. <laughs> Your younger brother didn't get scared. Do you have like a go to Christmas film you watch every year? Like, apart, from like... the, apart from the standards, you know, Home Alone, Muppets, whatever. Uh apart from any Christmas films. I'd probably say know. maybe Twitter. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it can be a Christmas film. We're just thinking like ones that you know you know are going to be on TV, like the really obscure oh, yeah. ones, like I don't know, the Legoland Christmas special or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's usually like Elf or like uh, Christmas Vacation. Oh yeah, Home Alone. Oh. Just yeah, Home Alone. We need to do a Christmas episode. Like, it's, I'm I'm guessing at Christmas, but oh, I want to do one soon. Oh yeah, well, I mean, we could do it during Christmas. We could. That's so far away. It's like, I mean, I'm, I I'm guessing you know how many weeks there are until Christmas. I'm just trying to work it out. What's the day today? Is it 29th? 28th. All right. 240 days. 240 days. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, 240 days of Christmas. So okay, let's take off a week because then we could do a build up between then. So like 230 odd days until we can do a Christmas episode. That's not that far away. Well, I feel like we could build all the way up for this. Uh, we'll, we'll do our ultimate watch list. We'll do a Christmas night for Christmas. We could pick yeah. our favourite. Well, actually, we could pick an obscure Christmas one. Yeah, we'll, we'll work it out. Yeah, hang on. I mean, that's like 30 weeks and a bit. Yeah, we got time. Oof. We got time. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, back, back to the top the... five. So. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the Passion of the Christ for us off. Uh, number two was Spider-Man 2 that is surprising I know that is a good film but I'm surprised that did as well yeah. as it did yeah it's 373 million jeepers compared I mean, to I'm... what it is yeah compared to Shrek 2 which is 441 million well it says it on here even though you said it grossed a billion oh maybe mine was wait is that domestic you've got yeah, no, I think it's 
Well, I don't know who that was at the time, and then obviously over the years. Yeah. But anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised Spider-Man 2 was that popular because I don't know. I, I can't really remember it ever being advertised. I'm sure it was, but I didn't yeah. see it myself until very later on. Like, oh, in the, I watched it in the cinema, I think. No, I saw Spider-Man 3 in the cinema. Oh, no. Yeah. Wasted your money. Well, it was my, it was my cousin. <laughs> Because he wanted to go see it, but he was like, I don't want to go on my own. And so he just called my mum up. He's like, just want to come to the cinema. She was like, he's like, eight. He's like, yeah. He's like, okay. I'm like, all right. I'm like, I go, Stuart, buy me a large popcorn, a large drink. I was like, cracking. <laughs> I remember, yeah, since about three with him, and he also took me to see Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. So he didn't pick the best films to go to with me. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, he'll watch anything with superheroes then. Yeah, I think he'd just want to go for Jessica Alba, really. Yeah, fair enough. Can't blame Jessica the kid. Alba? Or Jessica Biel? <laughs> Alba. Yeah. yeah I've seen the first one. I haven't seen the second. I didn't watch the second one. Uh, see, this, it's weird, because these are films that like, everyone's like, they're bad. But when I watch them, I'm like, I don't know what it is that, is make, that makes them bad. Like Spider-Man 3, yeah, yeah it's bad. But like, the fantasy... I mean, the whole dancing sequence of Spider-Man 3 makes yeah. that film unbearable. Oh. It is, but then you, it's when people are like, no, it's, it's because he's trying to be cool, and this is what he thinks is cool. Like, no, no, this is what the director thought was cool. Like, it's, this isn't Peter Parker doing this. Like, yeah, and then <laughs> like to change like him to being like the like infected by the venom thing, mm. it fringes down. Oh, he's edgy. Oh, I mean, oh, sorry. That film has been riddled with studio interference. Right. I don't even think he wanted to make it. No, I think I think he was well, no, because he was going to do a fourth one as well. Um, oh right. I think it's, yeah, he didn't want he didn't want to do Venom. He just wanted to do Sandman, and it was the oh, studio that didn't do Venom, which is why there's like it's so bloated. You got like, all this different stuff going on. But yeah, nowadays you can have loads of like most Marvel films have like two villains in like secondary villains. Yeah, yeah, true. In fact, Homecoming had Shocker in and the Vulture. Yeah, even the Amazing Spider-Man that had. No, the second one. Oh, yeah, but the best thing about that, the better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did, the, the best thing about that one is uh, the Gwen suit. Stacy and Peter Parker. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their chemistry is off the chain. Like... <laughs> I feel like you hated saying off the chain. I was going to say off the... I was gonna, <laughs> and I had to stop myself. I was going to say off the, off the effing charts. And then oh, stop okay. myself, but then censored the wrong word. <laughs> so, <laughs> charts, I just changed it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, again, we should probably do a Spider Man episode as well. I feel like I'd have a lot to say. Yeah, same. Like, he's my favorite Marvel superhero. See, I love him because, yeah, because of the whole like anyone can be him. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the whole like Peter Parker and, you know, he, he was the first kind of teenage superhero. He was dealing with issues that like the kids reading the comics were dealing with. They weren't reading about a billionaire or a journalist and stuff like that. It was actual... Yeah, yeah. an alien journalist who wears glasses. Yeah. Like... <laughs> but yeah, Can you yeah. imagine saying that to someone about Superman in the bar? Yeah, yeah it's a bit stupid. Superheroes in the worst way possible. <laughs> oh. oh, we need to start coming up with episode type, episode things on air. Otherwise, people are going to yeah. steal no, it's a uh, copyright now. It's legally binding. So. Yeah, if, if you do this, then you admit that you eat, um, you you can't handle spicy food. <laughs> so only I'm allowed to make them because I'm <laughs> 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 Yeah, 
Oh, that's that's fair. That's fair. Because now fair. all the brown people that watch this are going to get offended. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> You're not allowed to talk about Spider Man. Let's stick to your own heroes. <laughs> Our own heroes. We don't have any. <laughs> oh, name 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 me one. Apart from like the the, the trash Bollywood ones. <laughs> um, Kamala Khan, the Miss Marvel. Ah, it's not even made yet. We haven't even been we've not been allowed to appreciate if it's good or bad. Okay. K- I mean, there K- is. Kamal Nanjiani, he, he's going to be in the Eternals. He got super ripped. Yeah, I mean, he clearly had, took steroids. But... It's weird when you look <laughs> at it, because you're like, his, his, I can't, it doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but would... He looks really top-heavy as well. Mm. thing is, you do it, and you've got to change your, your lifestyle forever. Like, you're forever eating chicken and rice. Yeah. That's it. Like... Not allowed anything good. Like, you're not mm. allowed cake. No cake, no biscuits, no dominoes. <laughs> oh, what a world. No bread. Like your your infamous I'm not eating bread phases. I don't know how many times you've ever said that to me, but <laughs> I, like, I, oh, I I'm not eating it. bread at the moment. I mean the first time I did it, it actually worked. Until I forgot and ate a hamburger right in front of you. But <laughs> Wait, isn't that uh, was that after first year? Uh, it was during first year. It was when we were doing the the party cleanup film. Oh yeah, and I think I was just so stressed. I was like, I just need carbs. <laughs> so I just need. <laughs> God, I do miss doing like films. Yeah, like, that, like I mean, I they guess were... you get to like film stuff anyway. Barely. I was filming a statue today. You know how exciting that is. <laughs> For how long? <laughs> uh, they only run 30 seconds so I was like I need to get at least 5 minutes worth of content just in case oh, right. so I had to stand there with a GoPro on Margate, on Margate Beach it was proper windy and wet and just filming this statue and just walking around it like 3 times Oh, that's what I get paid the big bucks to do that's <laughs> uh, if I got paid the big bucks you get, you get the bucks yeah you know, I get I get you know lunch paid for every now and then Petrol. Yeah, that's it, really. <laughs> no, that's better. No, I do get paid properly. I should stop talking about this before I breach a contract or something. <laughs> just, just get sacked by your cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, do you want to wrap this up? Uh, yeah, so we set up uh, next week's Thingamajig. Yes. Yeah, so for next week's episode, we are going to, again, give each other a prompt to build a new plot film type like synopsis type thing yeah you know we're gonna make a new film but a new idea out of this prompt from a already existing film yeah so it's our our job to give a accurate prompt but explain it badly so that you don't know what the original one is um so yeah and then come up with your own like new fresh idea and also yeah. next week we'll guess what we think the other the the original film is. Yeah. Okay. So do you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So a young girl arrives in a strange land, kills the first person she crosses, and then teams up with four others to kill again. Oh. Okay. See, do you think I, 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 I might, <laughs> but I'm going to say it. But don't tell me if I'm right. Is it Wreck It Ralph? 
You didn't just say anything, so I don't know what to say now. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just said, oh, okay, now. <laughs> well, I thought I was like, I don't want to give it away if he's correct or not. So I'm just going to like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, what's my prompt? <laughs> All right, so your one is a man slips into his old sneaky ways and plots the greatest heist the world has ever seen. Man slips into his old sneaky ways and plans the greatest heist the world has ever seen. Yes. Is this like a, a twist like I've done? Or is this like a straight for straight the plot of a thing? Oh, maybe, maybe not. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Well, it's not. It's not like it's. Oh no! It's well. I've got this from. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. This this film. So I've just got it off there because there there are other ones, but this one seems like more concise and gives you more wiggle room. Okay. Hmm. All right. Okay. I think I might know what it is. Really? Well, you you want to say? I feel my, I feel it's too obvious to be this spot. Is it, uh, is it one of the Oceans films? Oh, no. No, okay, okay, good, that's fine. Because I haven't seen them, so I was like, oh, that's fine. Neither have um, I. Maybe we should watch them. Yeah. yeah, I was uh, looking back at uh, our film society group and just looking at what films we watched. Mm. And I swear to God, there was only one film that I picked uh, as an option that that was... What? Yeah. And it was, uh, it was The Big Sick. All right. What were the ones that, like, who had the most of our ones chosen? I think it was probably Anthony. Oh, yeah. That's probably because he created, like, four different accounts for himself. <laughs> so there's some ways to plan the heist of a lifetime. The heist, uh, yeah. the greatest heist the world has ever seen. Yeah. You could work with that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got to think. So okay. I feel like my, yeah, my one, yeah, my one's a pretty good one. I like the one you're giving me. Yeah, I say it's it's one of those like explained badly. <laughs> but I did for Shark Tale last time. Yeah, I mean that was the biggest curveball. I don't think you could ever top that now. <laughs> I know. Like, I feel like came out, <laughs> you came out of the gates too hot. Now you. <laughs> oh, I just remember your reaction when I was like, "Yeah, this is a it's Shark Tale," and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you sound so." Diff- <laughs> Having said that, oh. Shark Tale, number nine in the top grossing movies of 2004. Ugh. Yeah, have you seen it? It's like really unfinished. Is it? Yeah, there's this bits in it where like the lighting just hasn't been applied to any of like some of the characters. Oh, all right. Hmm. Oh, good thing. The only thing I know about that film is Will Smith and Christina Aguilera did the song. The car wash song. Yes. Will Smith needs to start rapping more in his films. <laughs> Release the album called Receipt of Happiness. Oh, God. You say this all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we have to have, like, a debate against uh, Men in Black 1 and 2 sound, like, songs as well. Because I feel like we differ massively on which one's better. What's this? What was that, sorry? Like, which song's better out of the Men in Black 1 song and Men in Black 2? It's clearly the second one. No, it's not. Uh, I feel like it speaks to our... um, I taste the music as well because like the second one's more like got more of a rock like vibe. Yeah, have you? Seen, uh, we, <laughs> I was watching the video for the first one the other week. Don't ask me why. Um, 
I've been listening <laughs> to it quite a bit right, recently anyway. Oh, okay, that's fine. Well, me and my, my sister are on like, the, the music channels. Like, that, that is how low down on the TV list you've got before. Like, there's nothing on. Let's put some music on. And so I'll like, do that as well. Okay. It was like the greatest <laughs> 90s hits. Like, on, it was like the fact that like the throwback channels are now doing the 90s and noughties. And yeah, the Men in Black 1 video came on where he dances with the alien. And it's so chunky. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Like... <laughs> like where it starts to like, break down that like, where she does like, the vocals. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it's just like, oh, you tried. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great song, nonetheless. Not as good as the second one. Yeah. I feel like we're getting into murky waters. I feel like we should end the, the episode. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, Where can the so, people find us, Sunny? You can find us on Instagram at the next take pod. That's the only social media we have for the podcast. You can find me on Instagram also at SS Gill 1996. And, and you can find me on most social places uh, at Geo Dursley. Um, also, if you listen to this, you probably already follow me. So it's whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, but what else? Uh, check out my other podcast, which feels really cheap advertising on this. Um, <laughs> at the Average Initiative. So yeah, next week we'll be doing our prompt. And then the week after that is our... Um, like our genre hit list isn't it yes yeah so if you want to listen to that stay tuned because we'll be picking a new genre next week and we'll be compiling we'll be making our arguments for why art film is the best of that genre and it will be that film will be under that that that'll be the definitive selection for us yes um and if you haven't seen the last one which is about musicals Check that out because it Check might be out. controversial depending yeah, on your view on musicals. Yeah, there's a bit of a curveball as a winner. <laughs> um, so, yeah, next week for the the different pitch um, of these films. Still trying to work out what this one is. Uh, do, do you think I've seen this film? Don't look at the Film Society page. But this was an option for that. And it was your pick. That's all I'm saying. Oh my goodness. Okay. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen then. <laughs> hmm. All right. I'm going to have to have a phrase right. on. Cool. Uh, well, thank you very much, Sonny. It was a pleasure thank speaking you. to you again. Yeah, I'm glad we got back around to doing this. Yeah. It's been a little while. It has. Hopefully it won't be as long next time. Yeah. But... Hopefully it's just next week we see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, have a good night. And we'll see you when we see you. Bye. Bye.